Coming up next, we ask, what is the ultimate British comedy program? Spoiler, office. We talk time travel, parallel universes. What do Cindy Lauper, Madonna, Fred Durst, and Spock with a beard have in common? Yet more Danzig and Rollins talk, this time with comedian April Richardson. Who has a girl boner for Anderson Cooper. And Morrissey and Zines. And find out why Selma Blair is drinking alone in West Hollywood. All on the Shaky Town Radio Hour. Shaky Town, uh, the Shaky Town Radio Hour is uh, is on the air. Um, I'm uh, Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. And uh, joining us here beside uh, my dog Candy <laughs> is uh, April Richardson, uh, a uh, comedian, um, writer. A zinester. Zine- yes. Zinester. Absolutely. I learned that uh, word in Portland. Oh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I think that's where it originated, actually. Yeah. Probably. Oh. <laughs> Um, hi April. Hey. How are you? I'm good, how are you? I am well. Um, so, uh, just a recap of, uh, what the Shaky Town Radio Hour is, is our, our modus operandi. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's, talk... that's Latin. That is Latin. That's where M.O. comes from, right? That's a, absolutely, for those of you who watch Law and Orders. <laughs> yes, the Law and the Orders. Or, or the CS of I. Um. <laughs> Uh, our, our, basically, our, our idea here is to talk to people that we like about subjects, uh, diverse subjects. Um, generally, um, you know, try to talk about people, uh, talk to people um, that we find interesting. And uh, lo and behold, you are an interesting person. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. You are an enthusiast, and I think that is. I'm an enthusiasm most... enthusiast. Yes, that's what I find interesting because you have like you have your fingers in so many pies, and you are like <laughs> literally. Pie. I like pie too. Should, like, who doesn't like pie? <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's great to have you here. Um, Thanks, you guys. And, uh, boy, I'm just like, I'm all, I'm all excited. I'm all on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, you just had the anniversary of uh, doing stand-up comedy. I saw. Uh, yeah, on I the did. Interwebs. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I, um, I'm all, it's awesome. Like, it's been so fun and great. This um, is your second year? Yeah, it's been two years, which isn't a lot. I've almost, it's awesome and great, but I almost wish it were more. I'm kind of mad that I didn't start before. Yeah, I've, because it's I've been so fun. That. I've but... talked about that before. Where... Yeah. Because we actually, you started, I, I started stand up like two months after you. So oh, maybe, wow. Okay, cool. Maybe it's a month and a half. I think, I, I looked it up. Maybe it's, it's either the late July or early August. Right. Because I blogged about it. And, um, but I actually did my first stand up set at Abbott's Habit Open Mic. Nice. And now, I'm personally not familiar with Abbott's Habit. And they still have an open. Do they still no, have an open mic? Okay. No, no. This is the one on Sunset. And it's okay. it was on Sunset. And Brie, this is funny that you bring it up though, only because I walked by two days ago. Chip and I walked by, and it's no longer Abbott's Habit. No, it's something else. It's some wine thing. It's like a fancy wine place. But the funny part was, is we're about to walk by it, and we both were talking about it, like, oh, that's weird. It's a fancy. I was like, oh, so it's a fancy wine place now. Like rich people hang out at. And we turned, and there was one person sitting on the patio drinking wine, and it was Selma Blair. <laughs> like, by herself. Like, all sadly drinking wine. Wow. But then, as soon as I turned to say it, I mean, we were 
right on the sidewalk and I'm super loud anyway. But I was like, oh, so I guess just rich people drink wine there? And like, I was like looking in her eyes when I said that. And we're like, oh, that's weird. Did she summon fire from her hand like a cowboy? <laughs> she looked really sad, you guys. Maybe she was having a bad day and she's just like, gonna stop in. Yeah, well, there's a wine place. Her. I'll just have a nice glass of wine and try and unwind from the cares of the day. And then, boom! It was so weird. And I was like, yeah, that's weird. We used to do open mics there. Yeah. But... I noticed that at one of the Meltdown shows, because I, I parked across the street, and I uh, found me Meltdown at the Meltdown Comics. Yes. Um, plug, I, plug. Uh, well, plug, plug. I mean, I just want people to know what, what the hell is Oh, yeah, it's about. awesome. Um, it is awesome. But the uh, but I noticed that the other day, and it was a couple weeks ago, that it changed hands. It wasn't a coffee shop anymore. I didn't realize it was a wine bar. I think it's been like four different things in the past couple of months, honestly. It seems to be something different every time we walk by. Yeah, it's weird. Oh. But yeah, so um, so it was funny because uh, uh, I saw your anniversary thing, and I'm like, I swear I started doing stand-up right around the time that April did. And sure enough, it was like a month after that or something. Yeah. Like a little month more than that. Yeah, I'm really inexperienced, but, you know, it's been awesome and fun, and I feel like I've learned a lot. It's endlessly fascinating. I'm sure it always will be. I mean, I'm sure people that have even been doing it 20 years or whatever still learn stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm still super green. But but two years is still a long time. If you figure, I mean, that's not just like once a month, 24 times. That's right. Oh, multiple yeah, I mean, times a week. Yeah, I haven't. How many times would you say you think you've gone up at this point? Oh, I don't know, really. When I first, like, especially the first year, I, I was at least trying to do, like, three open mics a week. Yeah. At least. And that was, it would be, well, that, the Abbott's Habit was a newer one. I was doing Tuesday night at the Bruco, Wednesday at the Spot, Friday at the Silver Lake Lounge, and then the additional Monday at Abbott's Habit. But, uh, and then when I had a job, it, it kind of, I, I was able to go to less, and then it was usually just Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, but since I've been laid off, I need to get back in the game of doing it at least three times a week. Yeah. At least. Yeah, so. totally. I mean, <clears throat> I I was never able to, to crank out more than a couple of nights a week when I was um, when I was. Well, you're an adult with adult responsibilities. <laughs> well, and I, I'm not. And the kid, so. <laughs> the, the, the last year, the kid has been completely like, you know, sure, it's, sure. it's really tough. But um, oh, especially the open mic scene here in, in L.A. where it's like, you know, yeah, you can go to three open mics a night if you drive. 60 miles right, on freeways right. and so um but i i do have you know an infinite amount of respect for people who manage to navigate the open mic scene in, in la because well we actually it's i was talking um to a friend about like we're kind of spoiled though because i guess i don't really realize i mean i know it's la I know in LA a lot of people kind of bitch about stage time because there are so many comics mm -hmm. kind of fighting for it but even still um, there are so many more options anyway for stage time because um, he was talking about somebody who had driven um, like five hours or something to get like a 10 minute spot. I mean, it was on a booked show, but even still, I was just like, oh my God, like that's crazy. Somewhere in like the Midwest or something. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, uh, that's our only option, Miss. I live in LA and I'm spoiled. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm a dick. Yeah, you know, no, not no. realizing that even though there are sometimes, you know, you will wait for a while to get stage time. It's like you still can drive ten minutes from your apartment and get stage time in no, true, true. five hours. Yeah. You know, so But I was doing I was doing Mondays I was doing Abbott's Habit thing Monday, fifty cent open mic and um and uh um Fight Club. Mm. Regularly and El Cid 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, uh, yeah, not not complaining because you know having somebody pay attention to you standing on well, I guess paying attention to Noki might be a different story, but you know getting some stage time is always cool to do. But I don't, um, you know, I, I I'm I'm glad I'm not in the drive, you know, a couple hours to get oh yeah a crappy you know. It sounds like the life of a professional wrestler. (laughs) Totally, totally, totally. Far less glamorous, though. (laughs) More blood. Far less glamorous. (laughs) Strangely enough, fewer dick jokes. (laughs) It's true. Although now I do want to wear, like, things on my biceps, like the Ultimate Warrior, like on stage. (laughs) Yeah, I think that could be your game. I want to do that. That On my biceps, like I have them. I'm like, yeah, on my ribs. On your guns. On my Madonna arms. (laughs) On your Madonna arms. I want to wear those things. No, you don't have... Those tassels. No, you're not not to the beef jerky stage of muscle development. I don't have 0% body fat. Right. I eat a Taco Bell every day. Also, I'm afraid I'm going to burp. I might burp because I drank all that cheer wine. That's okay. FYI. We can, we can edit Edit those. it out. Edit the burps <laughs> out. If there's, there's just going to be like this like weird pause. And then it'll and it's, yeah. Actually, I, my hope for the show is that every week the musical interludes, like the theme at the beginning, the theme at the end, yeah. are different, are, are guest specific. So oh, sure. I was just thinking of doing a montage of April's burps. Yeah. Oh, like oh, like, like the, the Jingle Bell burps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I like that. It's very ladylike. Maybe lay some violin right underneath it. Yes, tasteful. Tasteful. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, This is delicious. Cheers. 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 I feel like Selma Blair. (laughs) Except we have friends. Right, exactly. We're not even alone. alone. I felt really bad for her. It looked really sad. In her defense, she could be still... Recovering from the cancellation of Kath and Kim. That's true. That's true. Still drowning her sorrows. Oh, that show could have been something to give it at the right time. Slide, girl, girl, girl. <laughs> yeah, that show really could not have been anything. I don't know. I liked it, but I, I haven't seen absolutely fabulous yet. So, which I, I know ever. That, I've Wait, seen was that supposed it. to be ab fab? No, no, it's, that was an Australian. Right, but it's ab fabish. Oh, okay. I was obsessed with Absolutely Fabulous when I was in high school, when they were showing it on Comedy Central. Obsessed. Could not take it. Really? Yeah, I didn't like it. I'm a huge Anglophile anyway. I'm a, I'm probably but, as big an Anglophile, but boo. But you didn't like it? No, oh, I so you hate women. Oh. I'm a misogynist. <laughs> through and through. I hate those women. Which is funny because, um, you know, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jennifer Saunders. Um is funny. You know. you, do you like French and Saunders? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I do, okay. I do. Um, but just, I don't know what it is. This maybe wasn't speaking to me. Right, right. Bah, bah. Yeah. <laughs> Pish and tosh. <laughs> um, what's your, what's all-time favorite? British. Like, oh. This is, this is, this is. There's a, a lot to choose from. I, There's so a saying, lot. This is a defining question. This is really tough because I, I don't know. I, I, as far, okay, this is going to lose a lot of people. I'm obsessed with this double act, Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer. Have you guys heard of them? Yeah. Have you? Yeah, oh my God. I love them. And here's a, and I'm not trying to be like, this is not obscure. Like, cause they're not in England at all obscure. But when I, after high school, I lived in England for a couple of years and my friend Neil that I lived with showed me the smell of Reeves and Mortimer, like their sketch show. Um, and I was immediately obsessed and they're super crazy and weird and really surreal 
and I mean they're very English and they're very kind of weird and surreal but I love the way they play off each other I love how it's especially in their show like they don't care like they are just all about making each other laugh and if you mm. like it too that's awesome but if not whatever I don't know I love them they're great so um, I love everything they do and have collected it over the years. When I got, I bought a ton of their, actually I bought a PAL VCR when I got home. It was like $500 at the time. Dude, wow. It was insane. Yeah. But I had to have it because I bought like all these VHS tapes. I mean, this is like late 90s. Right. So I bought all these VHS tapes. So I love them. But as far as just TV shows, I'm super, I was super into the young ones. Mm-hmm. Yes. Super duper into the young ones. How can um, you not with the, the musical acts alone? Oh my god, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. And I, just a couple of years ago when Chip and I went to England, he he had never been, so I was like, oh, we gotta go. And we went to see, he worked with Charlie Hansen on some TV show, so Charlie took us to a show, and we got to meet Adrian Edmondson. Oh, wow. And we were flipping out, because we were like, yeah, Vivian, yeah, yeah. oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Um, ah, Dude, <laughs> I see, yeah, I love the young ones. Obviously, the OG Office is yeah. like one of the best shows ever made. Uh, I love the Mighty Boosh. Uh, there's also a show that was on a few years ago called Phoenix Nights that I'm totally obsessed with. It's the theme is my ringtone. I love it. <laughs> well, it's, it starred Peter Kay, who does stand-up comedy, who's an English stand-up, and he's pretty. His stand-up is pretty run-of-the-mill. Like he's the kind of guy where I don't think comedy snobs would be into him. I think he's funny, right? But he's not the, the, the English equivalent of a club comic. Kinda, yeah. I mean, he's not, but he's he's. I think he's funny, but he's just not terribly edgy or anything like that. But um, so that was a sitcom that he wrote and starred in that I'm obsessed with and thought was fantastic. No, is it called Phoenix Nights? Uh, Phoenix Nights because it's about a club that he runs called the Phoenix, like a nightclub. Okay. Yeah, and um, basically, yeah, it, he runs his club and then it gets burned down, and so the 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 uh, sitcom is like him rebuilding it right. and everything. And I love it and think it's awesome. So I think, I think there might be some mythological component to that. Well, yeah. right, exactly, exactly, yes. Yes. Oh, the English. They're so clever. <laughs> and the public school educations. But, yeah, I watched Monty Python when I was little when it was on PBS. Even though there were times, I mean, I'd laugh and I didn't even really know what I was laughing at kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean, I grew to love it and, and grew to get more into it as I got older. Um, so, I was, Monty Python, I think, is, is like uh, Warner Brothers cartoons in that you. I still have no idea what the political stuff means. Right, right. You know, like, cause they'll show, like, politicians or parody politicians or whatever. A lot of the... Um, a lot of the, uh, um, um, what do you call it, the animated stuff, the Terry Gilliam stuff. Right. You, you know, use po- you know, politicians and things like that. No idea. You no idea what contemporary 70s British Oh, absolutely. Stuff, anything. So, but I laugh at that stuff, too. You know, mm-hmm. just as much as I laughed at it when I was a little kid. Watching right. It. But um, I think, you know, you can always get something out of silly walks. And, and oh, like yeah. That. Well, that was part of the reason, too, when I brought Vic and Bob home and would play it for friends is they they do parody you know a lot of tv presenters and stuff like i'd have to go oh you can understand like that guy he's making fun of he really does look and talk like that and you know because i've been there watching those shows right. and so that was part of it that was lost on my you, you got the right. actual british popular culture view though. right 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 so it's like I, to that yeah. guy's got funny teeth and yeah, talks yeah. This. what's up with that but it's still fun yeah <clears throat> yeah and i um yeah so i love them as far as my favorite English thing that I would be into in my lifetime that I would get and be old enough to understand there'd have to be Reeves and Mortimer mm. but obviously I mean the OG Office is just like one of the most perfect TV shows ever made yeah comedy or drama yeah so there's also that the, the, there's two things I like 
like a really like uh, they're British that I don't feel like a lot of people know. They both involve Mel Smith. One is Morons from Outer Space. I've never heard of that, but I've yeah. never seen it. It's uh, pretty much what it sounds like. <laughs> these aliens land and uh, they get separated, and three of them become huge pop stars. And one is just trying to convince everybody, hey, "I'm the fourth guy," right. um, and that's Mel Smith's character. And then this other thing, which actually was with John Turturro, and it's called Brain Donors, and it was John Turturro, Mel Smith, and I mean it was definitely a farce. Um, that title sounds familiar. Yeah, it sounds actually. really, really yeah. familiar. Yeah, yeah. When were they on TV? Or were they on TV? Oh, or? Well, these were two movies. I should oh, oh mention. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Morons from Outer Space was late '80s. Brain Donors probably would have been was mid '90s. Wasn't Brain Donors like a faux Three Stooges thing? Yes. Okay. Definitely. That's where I know it from. Right. Yeah. And it, it was. I mean, it seemed American. But it was very, the sensibility was very British. I thought it was right. American. I mean, I think it was an American release, but Mel Smith was involved and the sensibility of the piece was really mm-hmm. British. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. I think The Office is a good call. Um, I, I love Blackadder. Oh, yeah. Though if, 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 if it's a matter of like Desert Island, like all but the first series of Blackadder, I think. Right. But like everything up through Blackadder goes forth and especially, I think, would be on my kind of Desert Island list. Was that Rowan Atkinson? Rowan Atkinson. But the thing of it is, is is the first season he wrote. Like the oh, more okay. the more at Rowan Atkinson that's in Blackadder, the worse Blackadder. Oh, okay. It's totally like like because it was sort of kind of dumb. The first season was like right. really kind of stupid. Didn't like it at all. Um, but the less he was involved in the writing, and it was um, Ben Elton and, and uh, Richard Curtis, I think, um, the better it got. Yeah. You know, it's like Baldrick got smarter and. Or a, a black guy got smarter, a balder got dumber, yeah. and and hijinks ensued. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the first episode of Red Dwarf. Yeah, I like I that. I just a lot. saw that recently. Oh, oh okay, yeah. yeah. My friend Neil that I was living with in Manchester, like he loved Red Dwarf and showed me a bunch of it, and I did like that. Which, funnily enough, I'm super not into sci-fi, mm-hmm. but I still found. I mean, like there was enough. It was funny yeah. enough, and so that's why I feel. <laughs> Did Doctor Who just interject? Did Doctor Who? Start I, was gonna, getting, I was just going to mention. Did, did Doctor Who just start getting like like epically better? Because it seems like everyone's talking about it now. And I remember it from when I was a kid when it blew. I yeah, it's not something I watched. I was more of a like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh yeah, yeah. Than Doctor Who. But I never watched any of her. I never heard the radio plays. I just read the books. Yeah. I read the Hitchhiker books. I, I saw. I haven't seen the American movie. I've seen the the British series. So you're, you're going to slag off uh, Doctor Who, please? No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, not no, because I don't. I just don't get it. Like I'm just not into that stuff. Yeah. So I'm I don't really think it it's bad. It. It's just I I feel bad almost not being into it because I know so many people who are just like balls out for Doctor Who. It's inexplicable to me because I really I really my, and a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, loved Doctor Who. And this is back in, you know, when Doctor Who looked like he ran a head shop. When it was nah. like, What's-his-face? Um, Before it was, like, the cute Tom, guy that's on um, now? Well, yeah. I just imagine it's, like, Curly yeah, 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 yeah. Scarf. Whatever, the fourth Doctor, I guess. I, 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 I couldn't yeah. just completely... Like, <laughs> my Tom and, Jones? What? No, was Tom, <laughs> that would be awesome. I would totally watch that. <laughs> mm, sounds like we have a problem with the time stream. <laughs> totally. <laughs> now I'm doing time blasting, Tom Jones. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> Todd Glass is Tom Jones. Is Doctor Who? I would watch the shit out of that Tom, show. Tom Baker. 
Oh, John Baker. Well, he did, That's he, not as good. He guested on uh, an episode of Blackadder. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I remember that from the seventies, and it was just kind of shitty. It was like you guys like made awful sci-fi. Wow. Right. Did they show it on PBS? Yeah, yeah. They showed it on PBS every weekend. I, 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 that's how I watched it. Did you do you remember a sci-fi show that was on? It's like on Nickelodeon or P. I think it was Nickelodeon. The Third Eye. It was also British. It was British sci-fi. It was like. Kids run around and like weird creatures. Was, it on, was it on Nick at Night or on legit Nickelodeon? I think it was like legit the Nickelodeon. Oh. There was the Tomorrow People, the Third Eye. Was that the Tripod series? Was based on the Tripod series? It, yeah, I gotta be honest. I been. spent my time watching Salute Your Shorts. Yeah. And Hey Dude. <laughs> and Welcome Freshman. You know, I like. So. I always like to drop this story in when I can. I please tell me it's about Donkey Lips. <laughs> it's no, it's about oh. Hey Dude. It just I I. One of my biggest regrets in life is my parents... Would, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, uh-huh. and we heard about the Hey Dude auditions. And I I could have... I could have been, been Buddy. Hey Dude! I, I could have been Buddy. I could have been the rancher's Oh, son. you should murder your parents. Probably. I can't believe they didn't let you audition. <laughs> I know, I know. My whole, the whole trajectory of my life would be completely different. I'd probably be... Well, we wouldn't be here now. Well, that's, that's yeah, so worth it. The best it. of all possible worlds. <laughs> oh my God, you could have been on Hey I know, Dude. I know. I, I, I. Hey, look, I'm old enough that I remember when Nickelodeon had Pinwheel on it. Oh, me about, too. Yeah, plus and minus. And yeah, that was about it. And I, well, I. Oh my God, you could have been on Hey Dude. Like my I mind's blown right now. <laughs> <laughs> my mind is blown. Because I, well, I totally watched early. Like you can't do that on television right. and all that, and out of control. Yeah. And all that. But then, yeah, when they had, um, like, Welcome Freshman, 15. There were so many good people who came from 15. Yes. Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Isn't um, that crazy? Uh, Laura Harris, who I actually saw at Flore in Silver Lake. But I didn't go up to her because, as we've talked about in previous... Yeah. You, yeah. you don't go... Just don't talk to people. Don't, don't talk to people in <laughs> general. Oh, well, I don't abide by that rule at all. <laughs> I... I I think maybe it maybe it's my rule is only talk to people. <laughs> well, I always. Think, I think there's a subset of people that you if, if you really really think someone's awesome, you should go up and say, "Hey, I think you know, I like right. you or whatever." In that case, I probably should have talked to Laura yeah, because she was on fifteen. Yeah, because, but but there's like I, I don't know, man. There's just like always that tickle in the back of my neck that just makes me want to go like. Oh. Yeah. I no, I understand. I've actually had this conversation with Chip before because, well, like, okay, I'm sure that lady would have been. So ecstatic that you even remember. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, because I was yeah. like, somebody, this is so weird, but one of the first times I hung out with Chip, we went out dancing somewhere and somebody came up to me and was like, oh my God, is that Chip Hope from Austin Stories? And was like freaking out, right? And I'm like, what? Yeah, who cares? Like, whatever. Because I'm like, <laughs> that guy's a nerd, whatever. So that made me think. And it was funny because I was telling him that. And then later on, like, we saw somebody and he, that he wanted to, that Chip wanted to talk to, and he was kind of like, oh, that would be weird. And I'm like, no, it wouldn't, because if the situation, like, wouldn't, it's flattering, isn't it, when somebody comes up to you like, I liked your show? Yeah, yeah. You know, as long as you're not going, do your catchphrase from that show five times from my kid on the phone or whatever, then I think it's fine, you know, or as long as they're not eating dinner I mean, there's a time and a place, but if you're just sitting there drinking coffee and you were, if it were me and I'm sitting there and a guy just came up and was like, oh my god, I totally watched it on 15. If you're sitting there, I'd be psyched. Okay. Don't you want someone to come up and say, hey, yes. don't throw yourself off the pier. Things will be better. Don't be a sequel to Hellboy totally. or whatever. I'm just saying, I do. I would be really appreciative. I think it, As I, long as you're not just 
create like going on and on and on, and right. like I said, making them yeah. go. Hey, get up and tap dance for me or whatever. Yeah, I think I think it it really depends on the situation. I mean, I kind of have I, I kind of have. Well, I, I guess my celebrity sightings from when I was younger were people that I you know couldn't care less about. Right. You know, or it was more like a noted. Oh, you you know I was a, a what's his name uh, Peter Marshall who used to host the Hollywood Squares. They bought Juji fruits from me when I went to the movie theater. That's kind of awesome. What am I going to say? Here's your change, Mr. Marshall. Hey. Loved you on Hollywood Squares. It's like, you know, it's like, I acknowledge that I know you're from a right. TV show that I used to watch. It's like, there was really no reason. Doug Llewellyn from the People's Court bought uh, ah, receipt, tape, receipt tape. And more there. importantly, from the Nirvana video in Bloom. Oh. It's true. Well, That's just, true. Let's just give him some cred there. <laughs> See, I'm really the worst person to ask, though, because... I, I talk to... I don't care. I mean, I talk to everybody. I feel like if I'm not in You do it with style, because I've seen... <laughs> I saw the uh, Anderson Cooper <laughs> okay. ambush. Okay, but the thing is, <laughs> he thought that was funny. And that was at a book signing, right? So it's like a controlled thing. Right, for the listeners, tell them... Oh, my who God. Who might not be familiar, although I don't know why they wouldn't be. Um, okay. And it's funny that you say that, though, because I'm from Atlanta originally, like home of CNN. And so, I, when I went home after that, because, okay, okay, I met Anderson Cooper at a book signing in Hollywood, and um, I used to, I made that shirt in college. I made a shirt that says, Anderson Cooper gives me a boner, because he's like the hottest dude of all time, right? And so I would just like wear that to school. And then, <laughs> um, when I moved here... In Atlanta, where presumably you might run into... My co- yeah, I went yeah. to Georgia State University. The campus is, like, right next to CNN Center. I would go eat lunch in CNN Center sometimes, like, rocking that, like, just in case. <laughs> like, it matters. I'm not a dude. So I was not going to be into it. But he, um... So he did a book signing, and I went and I wore that. Because I'm like, oh, he'll think it's fun. I mean... He, he can't not have a sense of He's been to, like, yeah. Bosnia. I'm pretty sure he can handle the word boner on a t-shirt. He's seen it all. But in line, like all these... I think Anderson Cooper can handle Boner. I think... I think, yeah. <laughs> I think he can allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> Don't sue us. Um, but yeah, so all these ladies in line, there were like these two older women, I mean older, just like my mom's age or something, and they were so scandalized by it. And they were like, that's really disrespectful to wear that. And I was like, I think he's going to laugh at it. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. And I, you know, I'm not... A, it's like... I don't know, I just, it was weird. They kind of, like, reprimanded me for wearing it. And I'm like, come on, it's funny. But then a couple other people were like, oh, no, that's really funny. Um, and then so when I got there to sign his book, like, he was so cool. He totally laughed at it. Did they, he was, did any of the ladies post names pop off their, <laughs> their <laughs> Totally, right? What? How dare you? Yeah, they had, like, their kerchiefs, like. <laughs> They're fainting. Yeah. <sighs> he was super cool about it and laughed, and he was really nice. And actually, I told him, I got to talk to him for a bit, because other, oh, I swear to God, like, other than him being the hottest guy ever, which, after I saw him in person, I'm like, you're a hotness robot. Like, nobody, <laughs> I'm like, how do you look this good? You were created in a lab. You're not real he's flawless the guy is flawless <laughs> but i do respect him anyways like a journalist like i've read his book well, good, good to know i swear to god he's I, not just a hard look, body look, look. <laughs> the looks drew me in I, that's a not, his, not his years of, of journalism but after i read about him i really do admire like you know he's a total technically a trust fund kid but he like totally didn't rest on that and like wanted to get a legit job and they wouldn't even hire him at ABC. He was, like, answering phones. And he was like, screw this. I want to be. He like, he just flew, for real, like, on his own dime to, like, Bosnia or whatever. And started just filming his own 
like recording from the field mm-hmm. and then sending it to Channel One just to be like, please hire me. It, whatever. So the point is, is I like him other than that him is being... that is like ambitious and douchey. I think so. I, I think I, it's totally I, DIY. I think, I think, yeah, but it's very trust fund DIY. It's like, I will finance a war here. It's very William Randolph Hearst. It's like, if there's no <laughs> war here, I'll send Krupp's guns to the Spaniards or whatever. I <laughs> don't, I mean, I don't know. I can, I, I see that, but I mean, I think that, you no, know. No, I, I admire that. I do admire that. If he really wanted to make a difference. Yeah, because I don't think he ever, he never really traded on. He was never like, oh, excuse me, I am Gloria Vanderbilt's son. Mm-hmm. I think you should hire me, CNN. I mean, he didn't, he never traded on that. Like, do you he think just... he uses his headshot, that, that famous picture of him as a baby by, uh, what's her name? Or by, um, like, Richard Avedon or something? No, 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 no. Um, what's her name? Oh, I... Ann Geddes? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, he's just... He's, he's God, dressed as terrible. A, he's dressed as a peapod. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no, um, oh, my wife's gonna kill me, um, I'm forgetting the name, um, it's a really famous picture. The, the Andy name, Leibowitz? Yeah. It wasn't Leibowitz. Um, the, the, the chick that did the picture of the kid with the grenade, oh my god, oh my god, I can't believe it, we're That's... gonna look this up, because it's gonna kill me. We're gonna have to. Um, Diane Arbus or something? Diane Arbus, I think it was. Really? Yeah, I think it was Diane Arbus. She took pictures um, of Coop? Yeah, I think so. I think it was Arbus. It was one of those people that's like huge. Right. Um, yeah, it's him as a baby sleeping with like spitballs. It's totally, a, I'll, I'll have to look at it. Um, I've never you're gonna have to get like wallet size of those. I told how creepy. Yeah, this know, baby grows up to be hot. Like that's <laughs> creepy. He's not a not an attractive baby. He has a cool name too, you guys. That Anderson was his name Hayes Cooper. Cooper. Doesn't he sound like a trust fund dude? Well, of course. I mean, but he's like a third. They're like Anderson Hayes Cooper the third. I think we called them Trustafarians. Trustafarians. Yeah. In the punk scene. Yeah. Um. So he liked the shirt and. Yeah, so he, he was into it. He was into it, and he laughed and enjoyed it. And I told him that. I mean, I really did tell him. I was like, "Okay, not only do I find you hot, clearly, <laughs> but I was like, I admire you." And you know, as a journalist, I think that you know you do important things, and you're really talented. And I appreciate that you, you know, put yourself in harm's way to, you know, get the story or whatever. And I also yeah. like, even on a show, like he doesn't. He calls people on their shit. So I told him all that, and I gave him, in addition to giving him the thrill of his life, seeing the shirt, uh, I gave him actually, um, oh, and also I don't know if you guys knew that he chose the music, he chooses the music, like the bumper music on 360. I did not know that. Yeah, and I've watched it before, and it's been like The Cure and The Stone Roses and stuff I'm really into, and so I gave him uh, a copy of Billy Bragg's Greatest Hits, because I was like, I know you're going to like this, and then I also gave him a couple copies of my zine. So, uh, which I'm sure he read and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but yeah. see, but see, to go back to it, I think I think a book signing is a. Oh well, yeah, that's obviously a different. Yeah, it's, it's obviously a meet and greet, and unless there's like you have somebody who's like a complete, you know, buzzkill with like one signature, take a picture, keep right. going, kind of thing. Right. You know, you're, you're you're there to meet somebody. Well, right, but I'm just if if, if somebody's just walking down the street or whatever. I just don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I just really don't, because like I said, I put myself in their position, and it's like, that would make your day, you know? Again, if they're clearly at dinner or something like that, then okay, but yeah, if they're just having coffee, or if they're walking down the street, and you're just, you know, politely like, hey, I like what you do, I don't see how anybody could get, if you get upset about that, you're a a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. No, I'm, I'm with you, I'm with you. I just, I think that I always see it the worst. Way you know, I mean, me personally, I always kind of have I run the worst scenario through my head, right? You know, where it's like 
Well, there is the danger of if they are. I, I, I guess if you keep it short, I guess if you keep it to the, yeah. hey, I recognize you, great work in movie you were in. Right, you right. Know, or whatever. Or, you know, if it's something really important, like, your record changed my life. Right, right. Well, here's like my personal experience with the most intimidating person to meet, not because I was scared of him ooh, ooh, personally, ooh, ooh. was, but anytime I see Henry Rollins. Oh, oh, oh! Because he is notorious. Yeah, he's a dick, isn't he? Let's <laughs> well, be honest. He's been cool to me. And, I mean, because I, I occupy very, very, very little of his time. Right. I, like, basically shake his hand and go, hey, great show. Right. Um, once when my friend's band played with uh, him during the whole West Memphis 3, like, uh, hit Rollins band doing Black Flag songs. Right. Keith Morris on tour with them. Um, you know, I had some friends open up, saw him backstage, just kind of, hey, you know, and then one of those other situations where, you, you know, actually waiting for him behind the building, whatever, like he played Celebrity Theater in Phoenix. And, yeah, it, if you occupy a very short amount of time. Yeah, I think it's the, I think it's that appropriate amount of time that people have a hard time with. Especially you Rollins. With Rollins, <laughs> with Rollins, you could easily get lost in the topography of his corded neck muscles. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my thing, though. With somebody like Henry Rollins, I have to be honest, I'd almost be disappointed if they weren't a dick to me. He's Henry Rollins. Like, <laughs> right, that's his right, whole right. thing. Yeah, he, like, if he was like, well, you know, I'd like to speak to you about the... Yes, if he was smiling reason. and gave me a hug, I'd be like, this yeah. sucks. You're Henry Rollins. Like, he just needs to punch in the You're face supposed to on. put me in a headlock right now. <laughs> right. Like, what are you doing? And I'll say, it was almost <clears> unsettling. <throat> when I met Glenn Danzig, he was so nice. And I was like... You're Glenn Danzig. Like, you're supposed yeah. to be the most evil dude right. alive. Right. Why are you smiling at me? <clears throat> I mean, it was cool, and he was pleasant. I mean, he was... Well, having said that, he does live it in that, like, he just... Uh, I went with David, and he was wearing a shirt uh, that was Abraham Lincoln, but with the Crimson Ghost, like, mm. Misfit Skull as a face. And when he walked up, uh, Danzig just looked up and goes... You want me to draw a fucking devil lock on your shirt? Like, just super <laughs> deep. Like, it was great. So that we're like, oh, it's so great. You live it. Like, you're always dancing. Well, I wonder, see, that's the thing is, Rollins strikes me as always Rollins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's oh, authentic. Yeah. Like, you're you're not getting, like, he's not going backstage and, did I do well? Did yeah, do oh, well? yeah. No, no, no. I hope I did all right. Yeah, did, did, not you, at know, all. you know, it's like, you know, walking back, you know, walking back to the dressing room, you know, he's riddled just with doubt and angst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's killing, like, small insects within, like, you know, 90 yeah. yards of him by just his sheer force of personality. Yeah, he's not, he's somebody, I mean, there's always the danger for me, and I've been so lucky that everybody I've met has been cool to me. Right. But there's all, my only hesitation with doing things like that is, like, if the person is a jerk. Like, if you meet somebody you really like and they're a jerk to you, and then it just ruins it forever. But again, like I said, if it's somebody like Henry Rollins, it's almost like, well, you should be a jerk to me. That's your whole thing. <laughs> right, right. Your shtick is yeah. jerkiness. Yeah. Or at least be, you know, at least not have time for time wasters. Right, right, like, right. I'm going to end this conversation right now because you bore me. Bye. <laughs> right. You know, kind of. Yeah, like, that's like, Henry Rollins' whole thing. Yeah, but I, I think, because did I, did, did, I don't know if I've, I, I told this story a bunch of times and I don't know if I've told it to Edie, either of you guys, but... When I was a kid, and I was probably like 14 or 15, um, I was living in Vegas, and I was watching Cannibal Run with... Which rules, by the way! <laughs> I love that movie! Was it was Sam Davis in one or two? He was in both of them, was wasn't he? he? I think so. Whatever. Which he was one? definitely in one. Okay. No, Which... maybe I'm thinking of Dean... He was on Dean Martin's team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he was in one. Okay, so whichever one it was, it was on cable, we we watched it. And my, my buddy used to live in this trailer park that was right behind the fashion show mall. And so that was our, like, home mall. We... 
who had literally just finished watching Cannibal Run, went over to the mall to hang out. We're walking down. <laughs> we're walking down the um, the the you know walkway in the mall, and Sammy Davis Jr. No way! <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. You know, I look up. It was one of those things where I looked up just as he noticed us, and we noticed him, and he went. Hi guys, and walked by. He's playing at the DI across the street. The best thing I've ever heard. Absolutely best celebrity signing I have personally. Um, but yeah, the whole just hi guys. That and was, is and it was totally It was like, dude. And so we're totally jazzed. We run back to my friend's house, and he's like, "Guess who we saw at the at the fashion show? Um, Sammy Davis Jr. and his sister in law was like, we have to go get his autograph. So like." They went back there <laughs> right. to bug him at the shoe store for his autograph. Did they and, get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. he annoyed? No, or was he well, I, I didn't go in. I, I, right. they, they went in. I went with them to the mall, but I didn't go into the store. Because I was like, yeah. And I think maybe that's where I have my... Yeah, I my, don't get autographs, really. I have Bobcat Goldthwait's autograph. Um, and I have, inadvertently, Jimmy Kimmel's autograph. Um, because they were both at... Um, Bobcat did a screening of Shakes the Clown. Oh, right, yeah. I was out of town for that. And uh, this, was years ago. this was years ago. Was, it was here, know? wasn't it, at like Silent Movie Theater or something? No, no, it was, at, uh, it was in Ventura. This is, I mean, oh, this is like was, 10 years oh, ago. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, I got Jimmy Kimmel's autograph when he was the K-Rock sports guy. Because right, I right. Because I knew who he was, and I felt bad not asking him for an autograph when I asked Bobcat. <laughs> Fair autograph. enough, yeah. So, but I actually, they, like, I've done Benson's autograph on Professional Humoridian just because we... It was funny at the time. Right, right. But I have a few autographs, but like in general, I'm, I'm super Yeah, and I think I have Andy Daly. Yeah, Andy Daly is hilarious. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I've only, like, like the... the oh, that's my phone. Oh, okay. that, my pager's blowing up, you guys. <laughs> I was like, I, Sorry. I couldn't figure out whether Are it was you a, Do you deal drugs? <laughs> Are you a drug dealer? Totally! Oh my god. I, do, you would make You would get me with any early real world references, by the way. <laughs> do you deal drugs? Nice. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, autographs are kind of are kind of weird and lame. There's, there's, there's there are weird. exceptions. I gotta say, Sammy Davis Jr. is definitely one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't regret not getting his autograph because I think that was a boneheaded move. If I'd have had something to write on, I'd be like, this. Yeah, but he already like winked at you and stuff. That see, to me, that's that's as good as any autograph could possibly be. Right. He has a glass eye though, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. don't. Look. But no, no, no. But the, don't the discredit. Out there. But it was the it whole. It was a wink. I know where you're gonna go. You're gonna go. Maybe it wasn't winking. It was. Well, it was it I was just asking. Not wink literally, but like you know, he did the honey Right, right. You know, and it was totally like the Sammy Davis scene. I, I apologize to you and the estate of Sammy Davis for knocking his glass eye. Sorry. And to Sandy Duncan if she's listening. I'm trying to think of. She's eating Triscuit. <laughs> um, interesting fact about the Sammy Davis Jr. last night, my, my friend Kevin's dad was at the USO show that he was going to when he got in the car accident. Aww. Like, they were sitting around waiting for Sammy Davis Jr. to come perform. And they're like, oh, yeah, the show's canceled, guys. Get back to the barracks. Damn. Anyway. I don't have anything that'll trump... I mean, Sammy Davis Jr., that's pretty serious, man. That's like Michael Jackson. It would probably be the only other person that could trump a Sammy Davis I've Jr. technically... Or Sinatra. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you're technically in the Rat Pack hierarchy, you'd have to go to the Sinatra. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the top of the Rat Pack pyramid. I, I would, but so you know what? For me, I would say the Sammy Davis Jr. is the better side. For me personally. Right. I'm not a huge Sinatra. You're not a huge Sinatra guy. He always seemed like kind of a tool. 
Yeah, but he's fucking, he's Sinatra. Like, I he gets to be a tool. I get the, it's, it's the wrong I'm saying, but I get the cachet of it, but for me, I'd rather, I'd rather see a Dean Martin or a right. Yeah, Dean Martin seems like he'd probably be more fun to hang out with. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. Like, funnier, maybe. Right, right, right. Right. Oh, we just got brought down. <laughs> R.I.P. Rat Pack, R.I.P., guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> pour out some fago. Totally. Wait, that's for tribute to the Rat Pack. Uh, is anybody alive still in the Rat Pack? Even like, um, didn't Joey Bishop? Just Joey like... Bishop is he alive? I think he passed away. I thought Peter Lawford. Really? Peter Lawford's been dead for years too. Was he? Like, he's like the first one to die. I think he might have been. Who was alive? Who? Well, the girls. I mean, I think like uh, Shirley MacLaine technically technically is part Pack of it. Jason. Was Andy, Angie Dickinson I think in so. that crew? I think so. She's still alive, right? Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't. I mean, I don't know how much you. But the entire dude. They're like the women's. I know more about the Brat Pack than the Rat Pack. <laughs> so. Is Judd Nelson still alive? Is he still alive? <laughs> yeah, I think all of everybody the the Rat are. Pack. He was the de facto leader of the, of the Brat He's Pack. He's the Frank Sinatra of the Brat Pack. Oh man, that speaks horrible for the <laughs> Brat Pack of that street. You know, I Who just saw him on. Um, Rob, or was it not Rob Lowe? Yeah. Was he? T- yeah, Rob he is because. Back, yeah. But he was in less, like, of the films than, you know, like Judd Nelson and. Yeah. Can we talk about Anthony Michael Hall's sure. doppelganger? Did you see the link that I have? You guys not seen this guy? His name? I'm not making his name up. His name is Terry Serpico. Because he was in a Law and Order. Why is that name so? Familiar? Because I bet you see, he looks exactly like Anthony this Michael is an Hall. Actor. Young Anthony yes. Michael Hall. Oh, no, no, Frankenstein and Anthony. Yeah, Michael yeah, Hall. yeah, like Dead Zone Anthony Michael Hall. Got it, got it. Because he was in Law and Order, and I'm like, wow, that's they got Michael Hall. And then maybe he just does his TV work under. <laughs> no, he was in a movie too. He was a villain in a in a reasonably big movie because I remember Chip and I went to see it, and I swore up and down it was Anthony Michael Hall. I'm like, he played the villain in this movie. And he was like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm like, look, he looks exactly like him. And then I looked him up. And it's a thing. Like, on the internet, people are constantly get them confused. Mm. But look him up. His name is Terry Serpico, which has Terry to be fake, Serpico. by the way. <laughs> has to be fake. But he looks exactly like modern-day Anthony Michael Hall. Exactly oh. like him. He even has, like, super blonde eyebrows and everything. Yeah. Well, Anthony Michael Hall just, <clears throat> there was, like, a, you know, he was, like, a cute kid. He and then there was like completely five different years, person. and he just like talked out. Completely different yeah. person. <clears throat> hey, buddy. The dog is back. Yeah, I remember when he showed up in Edward Scissorhands, and he was all buzzed. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, crazy. holy, what happened to you, dude? Puberty. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty late, though. Yeah, because well, he was well, he was the youngest cast member on SNL, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, yeah, he must. Yeah. Yeah, something. He was bulked out. Yeah, so look up Terry Serpico, because he's definitely that guy's stunt double. He looks exactly <laughs> like him. Serpico. Terry Serpico is like a horrible like detective name. It totally is. Like, you know. It totally sounds like it's from Mr. Show or something. Like a <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, totally. It, it, it sounds exactly yeah. like something from Mr. Show. Terry Serpico P.I. Yeah. <laughs> What's his shtick? What's Terry Serpico P.I.'s shtick? The, the world's foremost... Anthony Michael Hall, <laughs> impressionist detective. He solves only Brat Pack related crimes. <laughs> Impressioner? What do you call somebody? You wouldn't call him an impressionist because that's painting. Double artist. Is that what they call? What about somebody who does double. an impression of someone? Impersonator. Impersonator. Yeah. Why am I an idiot? Oh my god, I'm such an idiot. Well, then I had to think of Elvis because I was like, what do they call? It? They don't call him Elvis impressionist. Right, right, right. Elvis impersonator. 
Yes. Wow. How dumb yeah, I am I? Yeah, I think if you're an impersonator, yeah, yeah, yeah that's... If, if you're an impressionist, you don't have to dress or look. Here's like. another... That reminds me of another question that I have ongoing. How famous do you have to be before you getting killed is considered you getting assassinated? What's the level for that? See, I thought you had to be elected for it to qualify. To be an assassination? Yeah. Not fame. It has to be an ele- like you're an elected official. That's my understanding. Well, it's political. It. Assassination to me has a political. Has to be time. political. I think it's I think it's misused because there's that whole the assassination of Jesse James with a coward. You know, right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, but I think at least in modern parlance, you're not going to use it for a non-political motivated crime. I guess. Am I dumb for not knowing that? Is that the actual? No, not at all. No, 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 no. I think it's misused. Been, yeah. I think it's misused. I think people say they were because it was like you know. The assassin of John Lennon, kind of thing. Well, see, that, exactly, He's kind of a murderer. exactly. He's a murderer. Right. And the reason that this came up is because we, my best friend Millie in Atlanta, we were talking about this. Is a, I think planning about this. <laughs> sort of. Oh, Let me get to it. Well, Not planning, but I'm saying we were joking. This is when we lived together, and it was like when Lynn Biscuit took over the world, and we were both like, "What if somebody killed Fred Durst?" Oh, what if? What if, but... Let's, let's go to that not, magical place. Not us personally, clearly. But we were like, what if somebody did it? And we were discussing the pros and cons. Obviously, way more pros than cons. But the number one con was... Because we're like, okay, what if somebody did it? Yes, it would be awesome. <laughs> However, B, the flip side of that coin, would it be considered an assassination? Would you martyred Fred Durst? Exactly. Is, exactly. Is, is we're like, question. would it become an assassination? And would it become like... Then, oh my god, somebody assassinated the voice of this dumb generation. Douchey date, date rapist was replacing yeah. teddy bear. But yes. So that, uh, that triggered, we're like, oh, well, what, what qualifies? Because clearly he's not on the level of fucking John Lennon. Like, no, duh, but no. I'm saying. Well, as a lyricist. <laughs> Is it, tr- is it true if you go back in time, kill Hitler as a baby, that Fred Durst uh, becomes the leader of Nazi Germany? <laughs> <laughs> I think probably. There's one way to find out. To the time machine. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I wish I had a time machine. I would just screw things up. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that ever since then, we've always been curious about if it had to what do level? with the level of fame. Mm-hmm. I think there's always going to be... Because I really would think if somebody killed Madonna, they, they assassinated Madonna. Think about it. She's currently, I would argue, the most famous person. Probably left. Michael. I mean, Michael Jackson's already dead. Of that generation, certainly. yeah. Certainly, my my joke has always been: I want to be Madonna and Cyndi Lauper released their first, the debut albums the same week. I want to live in the world where Cyndi Lauper is as popular as Madonna is. Yeah, that would be <laughs> That's amazing. That's the alternate universe I want to live. Yeah, in. definitely. <laughs> would that mean Madonna would have sung the Goonies song though? Ooh. Maybe that would have made that whole thing so different. Maybe. That's like maybe. I don't know. See, would they switch? See, this is this is the. That's the kind of thing. That's like. Would they switch places? Would Madonna be like, you know, kind of like cool and like if you like Madonna songs, you'd be like uh, edgy or right? Yeah, and would Cindy Lauper have made the? Well, I I was going to say the the least erotic book on sex ever, (laughs) (laughs) but I think Madonna actually managed to do that. Even being dude, she did. Have you seen it? She's getting like finger blasted by Vanilla Ice in that book. Ooh. <laughs> this is so that, bad. That, yeah. How about I bought that on eBay? Like, ages after it came out, just because I was like, oh, okay, I'm curious. I need to see it. I bought it on eBay, and then, like, I looked through it once, and then sold it back on eBay, like, the next day. It did was you make, so boring. Did you make money on it? Did you I don't know if I broke I think I might have broken even on it. Yeah. That's a monkey's pop for you. 
you know, that's yeah, probably just... like the curse and you must pass it on. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I didn't need it. I thought I was like, oh, this would be so scandalous. I've heard about this my whole youth. And I'm like, what? This is so boring. I don't think I've seen it. Vanilla Ice, straight up. Yeah, that's yeah. worse than being assassinated. Yeah. <laughs> Her cred was assassinated. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, but Vanilla Ice was big back then. I mean, he was. Slash in the but band, big, but big. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but I never absolutely. thought he was hot or anything. I mean. One thing I want to say about Madonna and Cindy Lauper is if Cindy Lauper moved to England, she would not come back she with a fake accent. She would not come back with a fake accent. accent. I yeah. think you're right. You know, it's I like, definitely think you're right. Yeah, that's the one thing that, that to me, she I don't, would keep it real. Absolutely, keep it real. So, I had a friend in high school who did that, who like went semester abroad in college at some point and came back, and like, like we were at our mutual friend's house, and do you have a Coke? No. What? Can you get in the lift and go to the <laughs> See, Here's the thing, though. I I think I purposely because I did. I lived there for a couple years after high yeah. school, and I. I will say I did come back saying things like cheers and stuff because right. my friends and his parents, like, they they said that every five yeah. seconds, mm-hmm. but I didn't have an accent. Right. Like, I would say cheers, and then I would catch myself, and like, oh, I mean, thank you, because you do get in the habit of doing that. But, yeah, I, I, I was not. Well, I, have, I did not have an accent. My, my grandfather, who raised me a lot of the years I was growing up, um, was from England, mm-hmm. and he had almost no accent except when he was angry. Right. Then he would, then he would like get his. You could, you could tell when he was really angry because his his accent would come out. But I have like a weird, like, I, I pick up accents really easily, so mm-hmm. I could totally see myself picking up the accent. But um, um, but I was raised with a lot of like Britishisms and and things like that. And plus, my grandfather was born in nineteen oh four, so like I was raised by a guy who you know. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was raised by you. It's like like. I, I call the refrigerator an icebox without right, ir- right. without irony, and so did my mom. But that that's kind of southern, though. It is kind of southern too. But, but, but my mom's from St. Louis, which right. is kind of the gateway to the South. But it's not really southern. Um, but but ice but saying icebox and things like that. But I can totally see myself picking up the accent, right? Simply because I tend to do that because I think I moved around a lot when I was a kid. Because I came back from Tulsa sounding like I was you know an Okie. You know, I came back from Detroit sounding excruciatingly like Eminem. <laughs> yeah, but you know what's funny and interesting that you say that? I read something recently about how um, more often than not, when they hire American actors to play British parts, they'll hire, like, apparently the closest to a traditional, I just did air quotes, <laughs> traditional <laughs> um, English accent is a southern accent. And, the, and they'll hire southerners. Plus, plus it's the, plus it's the, Accent that people associate with America, right? Well, it is. That's yeah. so true. No, because when I went there, and I, any time I would get like you know my friends and I would goof on each other. Like I'd try to get them to do an American accent, and they would try to get me to do a British accent. Which when I lived there, I lived in Manchester, and the Northern accent is so oh, much no, no. harder totally to imitate different. than a Southern totally. accent. Because when you listen to um, Monty Python, too, there's there's a, like I remember is the meaning of life. Um, I think that's the first time I can recall, um, like John Cleese, the, the whole uh, the whole waiter, uh, the whole conversation sketch, right? With the waiter, this conversation isn't very good. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. like the first time I can recall somebody not doing like a, a southern broad accent. southern accent, it was it was it seemed like it was, you know, just sort of more generic, right? But uh, well, until before I lived there, I never, and I lived in the north, like I never really thought that there was a difference. 
between well, English accents, well, because, I never paid attention until I lived there. And then now, yeah. if I hear somebody talk, I can tell immediately, like, oh, they're from Liverpool or they're from London or they're from Manchester. Like, right, now right. it's so different. Right, right, right. But before, I'm like, oh, an English accent is an English accent is well, an English accent. Because the UK is, like, what, the size of, like, California? Not like, even. Not like even. Island, it's, like, the size of Georgia. Yeah, it's not quite that small. Yeah, I feel like it's... I thought it was... I thought it was or, like, Colorado I for, or something. Well, I mean, I mean from, from tip to tip, from... from no, no, no. To drive from tip to tip, it's, like, six hours. But we're much more homogenous, I think, in accents, in terms of accents. Yeah. Compared to Ingerland. I like Manchester the best. I'm really mad sometimes. I really genuinely sometimes get mad that I'm not... That I didn't grow up in Manchester in the 80s. Like, that's a <laughs> cosmic joke. There's no reason that should be the case. <laughs> like, I'm kind of pissed. Well, you can't rail against things. You know that movie Buy Control? Buy a time machine. Build a time machine. I, right? I should, for that very reason. Screw you, humanity, and all the things <laughs> I could do for you if I had a time machine. I'm going back to Manchester in the 80s so I can see the Smiths. No, wait a minute now. See, would you go back and... Okay, because you'd have to go back. But would you, like, kidnap young April and... Deliver her unto. Oh, take her from Atlanta, Georgia, yes. and go. Here you go. Because because um, the purpose here is is. You well, know. I'd have to be older too. I think you to not upset the cosmic balance. Much like switching Madonna and Cindy Lauper's success, you would have to switch a baby that was born at the same time and yeah, see, that's the, right. Right. No, you're right. And so that's I'd have. I was born in '79, so I'd have to be. And I can't go see Joy Division when I'm. Right. Two months old, right. so well, you, I have to be older. Yeah, I wouldn't know what was going. I wouldn't appreciate it. Right, right, right. So, so I think the irony would be that Manchester April would grow up and be like, ah, the American South. I would, uh, yeah. Civil War, yeah. Uh, recreations and well, I, I'm my favorite band of all time is REM. So maybe the English April would be like, oh, I wish I lived in Georgia so I could see R.E.M. in the B-52s. And, and the circle is complete. Yeah. Yeah. But no, so I have to... She would build a time machine. It would be like the Terminator. There'd be these competing timelines. So you guys, I'd have to be older. That's So that's part of it. It would, yeah. it would have to be at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Which I suppose, well, I don't have any brothers or sisters either. Because then, even I was born at the same time, but in England... Again, I couldn't go see the Smiths if I was like five. Right, right. Yeah. So I'd have to have really to cool you. parents. You'd have to be you. You yeah. just have to go back in time. Yeah. And then hand people notes and freak them out. <laughs> you know, it's like, give totally. this to me. In, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then. How do you know that you haven't already gone back in time? And the reason you're like this now is because somebody set up. You're blowing my mind right now. To baby April. And You're blowing my mind right now. No, see, I think, but see, there's that's the problem with time travel. Is if it if if it had already happened, if it was possible, it would have already happened. No, because listen, but you it guys. Has. Here's the thing, and this is why I hate a lot of sci-fi. This is why I hate movies with time travel. Right. There are no rules. I don't like that. Also, I don't like vamp. I don't like vampires anyway. Well, they set up arbitrary rules. You can't do that. Same with vampires. Yeah. If you're going to. Be if you're gonna have this thing in your movie or your book or whatever, I feel like maybe because I have a limited capacity for understanding it, <laughs> you need to have rules. Right. And that's the thing. It's like the Star Trek movie. I've totally talked about this on stage. I'm not trying to repeat, but that is just the most recent thing I saw that had time travel. Where I liked the movie. Don't get me wrong. Super entertaining. Liked it. Oh, the new Star Trek. The newest one. Right. right. Um. But when they had the time travel part. 
Again, it's so convenient. It was just so yeah. convenient where I'm like, what? This, there's no rules to this. It's a plot device. It's time for And I think device. it's a lazy well, one unless you adhere to assertive. Yeah, just any time I've ever seen or to read get, any time travel. To get particularly nerdy for a second, and I'm not a big Star Trek fan, but that from my understanding, the time travel in the newest Star Trek movie is just the device by which they're rebooting the whole franchise. Yeah, no, that's what I was just going to say. Right. So they, I, they wanted to wipe the slate clean, so they had totally new, quote, I'm doing the air quotes now, right. new characters to work with. Right. Which, I, I don't know if that was necessary, but they'd done time travel so much on the original series. Well, see, it made sense. I, I, just to continue the nerdery, a friend of mine and I used to discuss this all the time. There must be a warehouse, like the warehouse in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where all the shit that breaks the universe goes in the Star Trek universe. Because they've discovered immortality... <laughs> the, the, the transporter can basically make you into a younger version of yourself and take right. out, like, crap that's wrong with you, diseases and things like that. Right. They have time travel at will by slingshotting yourself around the sun, which I can't imagine if it's that easy. Everybody should be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, like, half a dozen... Oh, duplicates? Your clone army? All you need to do is figure out how to, like, split people up so they don't go crazy. But essentially, the transporter can act as a copying machine for people. It, right. It's done so on a number of episodes. You know. I just I realized, in the evil Star Trek mu- universe, mm-hmm. how could you differentiate evil Spock from good Spock? The beard. Yeah, beard. don't they have goatees? That's not the thing? Well, Spock has a beard. Oh. Fred Durst. Uh-huh. Goatee. Yes! So he's the evil... Ver- well, well is it, that means there a good Fred Durst out there somewhere? That means that somewhere there's a good Fred Durst. Well, in the other universe. Is that possible? That means we live in the evil universe, is what it means. Yeah, I think that's the most compelling evidence that that's true, is that Fred Durst exists. You guys, guess what? We just solved, like, the world's problems just now. We just need to find the universe where Cindy Lauper is as popular as Madonna. Exactly. Fred Durst does not have a goatee. Yeah. Does he have a goatee now? And so that universe clearly has world peace and... Everything All that awesome. great stuff. Everything is awesome <laughs> in that universe. Yeah. Not here. How do we get there? Transporter accident. Wait, was that a transporter accident? That one? Mirror, mirror? I don't watch Star Trek. Uh, I don't either, nerd. Nerd. <laughs> hey, man. I'm just saying. We had a lot, of, a, few, a lot fewer choices on TV. <laughs> I don't know. I know a lot of people that totally do watch it, but I just don't. I'm an idiot. I'm a simpleton, and I can't wrap my brain around stuff that doesn't have hard and fast rules. And like I said, same with vampires. Like, now, everybody, all these fucking vampires that can yeah. go in the sun. And, no, they can't do That's, that. Well, but the, there are rules. Are you a True Blood fan? No, I don't no. like vampires or even at all. The, the, Well, no, I guess if you don't like vampires, Super you're not going to watch vampires. True Blood either. But yeah, and there's certain rules and on... Yeah, well, don't they drink fake blood on there or something? Isn't that the whole thing? They do. Well, that's because uh, because that's the, the conceit is that vampires are marginalized by their vampirism, and now they don't have to be because they don't have to feed on humans. So that's like the main conceit of the show. Is they used to be monsters because they had to eat human blood to survive. So, but now they're just cool dudes to hang out with yeah, and they're not going to kill super, you? Superhuman, that's not necessarily true. They're still a dangerous... That, and I think that's part of the that's part of the arc of the show is... Um, which I, I'll, I'll go on record to saying True Blood is the worst show I've ever liked. <laughs> That's fantastic. I know a ton like, of people that are really into True, it. True yeah. Blood is is horribly written, terribly acted, right? Overly melodramatic. You like? It. And Look, okay. I'm no snob. My favorite show of all time is Saved by the Bell. 
I'm no snob. Right. So, and I think we're all we're among friends, but yeah, it, it's but it, it's it's it really is an awful, awful, awful show. Right. And I watch it. But you're into it. Sure. Yeah, we're gonna watch it. It's on TV right now. We're gonna watch sure. the season premiere. But but, but it's, so that's the thing is that since vampires don't have to drink human blood, yeah. They're and just they chilling. Chill, yeah. yeah they so does that they, mean that they're exempt from, if they're not drinking real human blood, they don't have to adhere to the traditional vampire rules of not going in sunlight? Can you what, still kill them with a stake to their well, heart? This, right. this is my, problem with, true, them, this is my problem with true blood. Is, are, is, okay, the, the, the main question that I have with, with anything like that is, is, is vampirism scientific or mystical? Definitely mystical. In, in, true blood, it's, in true blood, it's mystical, but they kind of made it sound like it was there was a science there was science behind it. Um, but now it's kind of like okay, it's definitely mystical, especially with some of the stuff that happened last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, they're just a marginalized minority with all these mystical powers, and apparently there's other mystical things. Out Wait there. a minute. So the way that they you're came talking, out of the coffin, air quotes. Is there, like, racism against vampires in this? Yeah, they have... Oh, that's the best thing about the opening sequence. They have, uh... It's a collage. Are there, like, people... God hates fangs. No! Yes! Are there, like, people, uh... Water fountains and vampire water fountains? Not quite that bad. I mean, it's post... It's post... It's post post, the vampire Martin Luther King? Well, no, it's But it's post-civil rights movement, so... Right. So, obviously... It's it is more it's I would say that it's it's ninety nine percent you know um, gay bashing kind of stuff where oh where, yeah where, vampires are pretty gay well, vampires are exceptionally gay <laughs> that but, is I can't believe that's, that's part that's of... kind of the model is is, is is I mean like I said literally the the tagline was they come out of the coffin. So, I almost want to start watching True Blood, even though it's I hate a, vampires. You know what? It, 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 this is ludicrous. It's cheesy melodrama. It's cheesy melodrama. But that's the whole thing. Is it's, so it's it's like plus it has British and Australian actors doing Southern doing accents. Southern accents. Yeah, are they accurate? They're all right. Uh, I don't know. They're okay. I'd I, have to. I'll have to you see. You would be better. You guys, I had no I. listen. Oh, yeah. I, got, I got it on. I, I have a blanket hatred for vampires. So if something's got vampires in, I'm immediately just like thumbs down. I'm yeah. not into it. But now. I kind of want to watch True Blood. I love vampires and zombies and and the and the stuff that's coming out now. Zombies are different, though. Killing my but but I, zombies I have, are better than I don't vampires. Have the, I don't have the blanket hatred for vampires, but but I think that the stuff that's coming out now is like vampires for stupid people. <laughs> well, I just hate how it's so. My thing is just the sexiness of vampires is so stupid and weird and gross to me. It's like. What a thirteen-year-old girl in drama club's idea of sexy is. Blame you know? Well, of course. I, don't know. I would, I would, I would say that's been with us since Bram Stoker, though. Yeah. The sexuality of vampires. Is it Bram Stoker or Bram Stroker? It <laughs> 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 all depends on how into vampires you yeah, are. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's Stoker. It's Stoker. But, but I think, I, I think there's always been. Well, I think the Victorian. No, no. Let's let's have the intellectual corner. I think the Victorian prudishness. And vampires, yeah, and they were all lustful. they beat you on the neck, and they, yeah, that's, totally. It's it's that's like sensual, it, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, totally. I mean, I think that's always been there, but I think the dumbed down teenage romance stuff, sure. is, yeah, that whole. You have to re- realize though that Twilight was written by, by a Mormon lady from Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh no, I know, and that I mean, so that's all a metaphor for sex, right? Because he's yeah, like biting her is totally. The like, Mormon community and Scottsdale, Arizona, it's just a big old Venn diagram of not rep- good. repression. Yeah. And right, right. Yeah, I'm with you. 
No, I know, I, but 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 I I mean, I, just the stuff that's been going on with vampires and zombies lately has made me feel like I don't like them anymore. They, right. People have ruined things that were fun to me. You guys, I might you yeah. might have convinced me <laughs> you know, to watch True Blood, especially I'm surprised. I vampires. I, 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 I get that you hate vampires, and I wouldn't have watched it. I don't know why we started watching it. I think we wanted something. I think we were like out of things on the TV to watch, and we right. decided to give yeah. it a try. We'd heard good things about it. Um, you got sucked in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much. We'll drop, we'll drop the rim shot after that one. Um, yeah, we got sucked into True Blood, but but yeah, it's 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 shitty and it's <laughs> awful. But it's I want give it a shot. Yeah. If I had this disc, I'd love it. I don't know. I might have to do it. I, although, I, as good as the show is, or as guilty of pleasure as the show is, I would say from what I understand of the novels, the Sookie Stackhouse mystery novels by Charlene Harris, that the Basically, is it inaccurate? Well, did Alan Ball, who was the Six Feet Under guy. Right. Oh, that, he's behind True Blood? He's behind True Blood. He oh, took okay. those books and has kind of ventured off where, at this point in the third season, it's pretty far off from what I understand from the first from the few books. books. Yeah. But my wife read all the books. I, I buy every mm-hmm. book as it comes out now for her. And yeah, oh, it's no, very I much like... Oh, no, I might have been like... on your wife this whole time. She's, like, <laughs> in love with vampires? No, no, no. Oh, no. She, she just likes cheesy things. Right. Um, oh, that's good. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's why, she, that's, that's why, why she I, likes the Twilight books. Right? I'm not surprised. You're, oh, really? Yeah, because it's just like <laughs> I will say, my friend her. Katie, so great, smart, lover. She's amazing. She's also like, I kind of like the Twilight books. Yeah. I mean, I don't think she's really legitimately like these are Pulitzer winners, but uh, she's like, I read them quickly books, and they were entertaining. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she she enjoys things for different reasons. Like we're watching the L Word right now. We're like up through season four of the L Word, mm-hmm. and we both enjoy it for very different reasons. Right. Um, it, <laughs> that sounds no, I, I don't mean it like that. Uh, um, that's how it came out. <laughs> well, there you go. Now that's exactly how we heard it. That's exactly how we heard. Yeah, like, you can enjoy. I think cheesy things and it, it not be ironic. You can enjoy it oh, for no, its I cheesiness. Think, I, I oh, yeah. think that's true. I, I don't know if that. I actually, don't like a lot of stuff ironically. Honestly, I would yeah, like. Yeah. That's. The, I was serious. I like terrible sh- things. At the top of the show, I said you're an enthusiast, and that's. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's a total attractive quality. I mean, it's like you, I appreciate you, you that. Put, you put your heart and soul and stuff. But the thing is, is people across. don't believe that. Like I've had because I'll irony is king. Don't. Because irony is king. Yeah, and I'll like say I, for real. I'll be wearing like a Huey Lewis in the news shirt, and I seriously have people be like, "Oh ha, like that's fun," and I'm like, "No, no, no." Like, no, I don't mean anything funny by this. We, uh, the last episode, uh, we were talking to uh, to Tom Neely about uh, Hall Notes. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Why? And, and people think that and it's like, why, they're good. What's ironic about Right, I, I, made, I made the easy Hall Notes joke, and Tom was like, yeah, and they're also good musicians. And I'm like, yes, I would make it good. Right, right. Too, right. Fine. Yeah. And, well, I shouldn't say, I mean, of course, I like, there are some things... I have the entire first season of Mind Freak on DVD. Because <laughs> Chip bought it for me because we do tool and I got so bad. Yeah. So yeah, of course there are some things. Are I you like. saying are you saying you are, you, like saying you are not a Chris Angel, Angel fan? <laughs> so of course there are I'm not I'm a human being. There are things I like <laughs> ironically. I like how the test of your humanity is yeah, fucking Chris Angel, no way. Nobody <laughs> likes that gen nobody that's, likes that's that genuinely. That's the litmus test of humanity. But yeah. I mean for the most part, yeah. I don't there are very few things. I like ironically because you know whatever just like stuff like own up to it you know or don't like it or, or don't like it, it. Yeah. yeah I think that's my that's because because you know my wife watches shitty TV a lot of shitty TV and and it it's I still not good at it but it's taken me a long time to like step back from the 
fucking anger I feel sometimes watching something that's awful. Right. And thinking, you know, a, a lot of times, lately, like with comedy and stuff, I have to think, well, I know somebody who writes on that show, and they're, right. doing, they're making money mm-hmm. on it. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like I have to find some kind of redeeming right. quality of it, because otherwise, I'm like, I just kind of like, did people do this yeah. and expect this to be entertaining? Well, there's that, and for me, there's also the opposite, where I'll, it's something terrible, and I'll I'm so close to it. That I'll be like, I know people who are funnier than this right. who should be on TV. That's and that saying. makes me mad. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is it makes me angry. It makes me angry yeah. that there are really talented people yeah, yeah. who are working shitty day jobs, you know, who really should be working for the studios. Yeah. They put out crap. Or actors or good actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, that, that kind of... But I think I'm taking in too much. I think I'm being, making it too personal. Right. Oh, well, sure. like, eh, who yeah. cares? That Law & Order Special Victims Union was the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> okay, look. They came off the rails. I, um, you have to admit, <laughs> those shows come off the rails. They're ripped from the headlines! But they're ripped from the headlines of like, they're like 10% ripped from the headlines. So it's like, okay, what's what's going on in the news today? Okay, oil spill. Alright, so uh, a, you know, the head of EP. Yes! <laughs> Exploration Petroleum. Yes. Is, you know, is... His daughter is found murdered, and it's like, it's so from there, and then it's like, um, there's like the last half a dozen episodes of Law and Order I've watched with my wife. Like recent ones? The recent ones, yeah, in the last few months. There's come a point where I've literally stopped the TV and said, oh, here's the point where it gets boring and complicated. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because it always gets boring, and it always gets complicated, and it usually gets boring and complicated at the same time. So it's like, it can't be just like, the chauffeur killed her. It has to be like, some weird, like... Well, yeah, they can't, come on now. TV writing 101, it can't be the guy, the first guy. It should be 20 minutes long. Well, I know, but they can, but sometimes they do do that, and then the trial gets all boring and complicated. Mm-hmm. See, that's funny, because David used to hate watching, he hates anything taking place in the courtroom. So anytime they would go to the courtroom, he's like, I'm done. He would just leave the room. Right, right. He's so, like, courtroom so the, so equals the police, boring. The police procedural is okay, but the courtroom But the courtroom scenes, he just wasn't having any of it. I think it was ruined by Dragnet. Dragnet? I, how about, I saw the movie Dragnet, you guys, in the theater with my mom and my nana. Remember when they go to a strip the Tom, club the and Tom stuff? Hanks, the the Virgin yeah. Connie Swain. Yeah, and I was totally and you're like, like, what's a virgin? We had no idea. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I like Tom Hanks. I'm eight or whatever. How I don't know how old I was. So we went and it was kind you're of You're a huge bloated Dan Aykroyd fan. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you never want to see sex scenes with your I'm trapped in the theater. Yeah, what's paganism? Yeah. Like it was how weird was that movie? Especially for a little kid. But yeah. the original dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, original, I went off. No, that's okay. No, no, I, that's, that's the whole point of the show. But 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 the original, I think I was ruined because that's probably about as close to a real police procedural as you'll see outside of, like, watching some of the stuff that's come out, like, the first 48 or, right. you know, some of these, like, reality shows, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was Jack Webb having a huge stick up his ass, but it was still, like... That's real, went, man. That's real cop went, grittiness. Well, yeah, I mean, he, cops are kind of dicks yeah. a lot of the time. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, a, you, you know, aside from being completely deadpan about everything, which is unintentionally hilarious, they went and they interviewed people, and it was usually, like, you know, a fairly straightforward police procedure. You know, like, setting aside the pontification about gateway drugs and all the weird shit that they did. Hippies. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, I think we can all agree that hippies are all filthy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> hippies are disgusting. No, but, um, that's a given. That's a given. 
we'll, we'll take that as red. No, but but you know, it was a fairly straightforward police procedural, and I think yeah. that kind of ruined me for like these shows that are obviously I just like no cop would ever do this. <laughs> yeah, but you know, look, I ain't got a damn thing to say about Law and Order other than it's awesome. I really, it's so satisfying for me to watch that I don't. Yeah. Whatever. The great thing is when you're traveling. But it's entertainment, but it's entertainment. I don't know about your guys' experience, but when you're traveling, or why I found when I'm traveling in some of your hotel rooms, you can always find Law & Order. And that's like the perfect it's show. It's the perfect it show when you're like unpacking show. your luggage. But, but that's why Tish likes it. Getting that's settled why Tish, in. Tish likes it because she likes, for her, TV entertainment is largely about turning your brain off. Mm. And for me, it's like, I want something funny or something that's going to challenge me or whatever. And it's like Law & Order... When I engage it cerebrally, it mm-hmm. makes me want to punch people in the face. Yeah, it's it's really hard to watch TV when you want everything to be The Wire and Breaking Bad, right? Or even The Shield, you which know? I just got. I, um, watched it. I feel like you guys are just snobs, and you really need to. <laughs> but there's stuff that I come lower your standards to hey, the, no, the rest no. of uh, us Americans I in the flyover states. April, I, I I work like three years in reality television and like two or three seasons in the real world. I promise you. I'm oh, not a snob. what seasons? Um, I worked on the Hollywood, the Sydney, and the Brooklyn season. Oh, so really recent. Yeah. Because that show's been on Ah, who's before. the snob now? Yeah, I like their old stuff better. Yeah, I'm a real snob about the real world. I like their old stuff better. <laughs> they really jumped the shark around to, really what, 25? Yeah, that's still going. My it's, buddy yeah, I think... was like a producer on like the first couple seasons of that. Oh, okay. Before I even gave a shit. Do you guys want to hear my deepest, darkest secret? Oh, yes. Please. I was almost... That's what this show's all about. I was almost on the Seattle one. Really? Oh, that's... I made it through like five interview rounds. Wow. And then Dude. I wasn't. Oh my god, I dodged a bullet. Can you imagine what a total dick I'd be? Oh, <laughs> I was 18. That perfect age, yeah. And you know who I wasn't? I wasn't. Here's the thing. The, I know I would have been like the crazy girl, and it was the girl who had <laughs> Lyme disease. I didn't have Lyme disease. That's why I didn't get it. You would have been I, uh, yeah. Irene. Yeah, right? Because she had freckles and was that crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been You know me, what happened to her right after all that? She was so jaded by the business, like, for a while, she was just speaking out against reality television, and like she became a broadcaster. Though she's like a what? like a legit really? radio host now. Does she still have Lyme disease? <laughs> that um, I don't know. Yeah, so like, I'm so that's glad. my thing. I get it treated. That's, but it's her, my that's how she gets jobs, you guys. That's how she got the job right. instead of me. Well, she pulled out the Lyme, Lyme disease, disease card. Lyme well, disease if, card. if we can, if I can shoehorn in a, a plug here for yes. on your behalf, though, you're in broadcasting as well. You're co-hosting uh, Breakfast with the Smiths. Oh yeah, that yeah, but that's as a favor because Jose Maldonado, who hosts, is my friend and he's wonderful and lovely. That's not because I have any sort of credentials <laughs> or I would say that you have wants, some. Pretty hardcore Morrissey's oh. credentials. Oh, well, sure, but not. I don't have the voice for it, or as you guys can tell. But yeah, no, Jose is amazing, <laughs> and there's nothing I love doing more than talking about Morrissey. Well, so let's talk about Morrissey. Because I, I love him. Perfect. Everything's been leading up to this moment. Yeah, come on. This is <laughs> when this are is, we gonna get this, this is one of the reasons I said it was actually. I I think as this was actually on the air last week on yep. the show when. Um, in our conversation with Tom Neely, and we were talking about his book, Henry and Glenn Forever, which is... Repre- which I got a piece for my birthday! A friend of mine bought a piece, I have that book, and a friend okay. of mine bought a piece from the art show for me okay. for my birthday, my friend Nicole did. Okay. Because for my birthday, I dressed up like Glenn Danzig. Well, this is what I heard, and I'm like... Should I, should I roll out the... Yeah, go for it. Uh, while Jean does that, 
Um, and I was like, okay, wait, I, I know of this April person. I've seen her around at UCB shows. I'm aware of the, the Ma's Father t-shirt. And now you're telling me, like, she's a big Danzig fan. I don't know why we're not friends. Like, right, right. I was like, well, between the comedy and Morrissey and Danzig, you know, we yeah. might have been separated at birth. Oh, my God, do you like Morrissey, too? I, I do. I'm a big Morrissey fan. Um, my wife and I, when we were first dating, actually drove up to Sunset and Sweetser. I went to his house, too, when I first moved here. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I think... Um, and, and and her alone, my wife has some great stories about it as far as like getting kicked off video shoot sets, and um, she ended up at Cat and the Fiddle uh, after her and her friend got kicked off this set of a video because, and they were just standing there, but they were you know gawking a little bit, right. and they're. The was it the I Have Forgiven Jesus video? It might have been because that was the most recent one. I think he filmed here. Yeah. And, you know, Morrissey's <laughs> people came up to her and said, yeah, uh, you guys are going to have to leave. You're creeping him out. So they are like, well. Did they use the phrase creeping out? <laughs> I, think, I think there's there's the tag to whether or not you should talk to someone. True. That's the thing. She hadn't even yeah, said a word. Yeah, he's a weirdo. Right. He's an exception. Okay. He's yeah. a total weirdo. There's, there's is, a, he, is he a weirdo or is he eccentric? <laughs> this Both. Is, this is all of that. Totally a print style, you cannot make eye contact kind of thing. Right. Where uh, they get booted and they're like. Well, we'll go to the Cat and the Fiddle, so in some way we can be close to Morrissey. And then he went there after the shoot. And then he shows up, and uh, the bodyguard just, you know, makes his position between her table and his table. But, um, and then, yeah, going up Sunset and Sweetser, and um, I think at one point she had to turn the car around. Uh, This I wasn't there for this, but Morrissey was coming down the street. Oh, shit, well, we need to get out here so he can get out of his uh, driveway. And so, of course, her car is there uh, down the street. His car behind her, looking at all her Morrissey Smith stickers on the back oh, of her car. Of course, of course. Right. Oh. So. Did you get out? But see, I've heard stories of people, like, did he get out and talk to you guys or anything or talk to her? No, no. I've, I've never talked to him or, I mean, I've seen him live a couple times, right. but, uh, I, I, no, I don't believe she's, uh. Because I've heard, when he still lives on Sweetser, I've heard stories of people, like, doing that and him just straight up. The thing about Morrissey is I've heard... I will say, I've heard far more stories of him being cool than yeah. being a dick, but I mean, he's Maybe weird. on the I've set, heard... too, maybe he has a totally different... Maybe he's in he was the in the zone. He was yeah. in the zone. Right, right, right. But I've heard stories of people going up to his house and him straight up just getting out, like, hey, how are you guys doing? Do you want me to sign anything? Like, being nice and yeah. being cool. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I totally went there. He moved, though, he moved away from that house, right. like, two months before I moved here. Okay. And I'm like, not cool, bro. <laughs> not cool. Yeah. Um, but when I came... He didn't take your plans into consideration. He was like, I heard that I need to get out of here. Because... But when well, I was here... He did take like, your plans into consideration. I think he did. I think it was on purpose. And he's like, I need to bolt immediately. Which was a good it was a good idea, Morrissey, because I would have knocked on your door every day. So good call. But when I was here finding a place to live, he still lived here. And um, so when we were searching for an apartment, I was like, oh, we got to go to Sweetser. And then I don't think he was home because I not he's got a thing he's got a gate it's not a gate it's just like a door there's steps going up to his house you know what I mean and right. and like up you go up like five steps and then there's a door and then there are the rest of the steps but yeah. there's no fence it's all outdoor so I totally went and like knocked on that and but I don't think he was home you know Nancy Sinatra was living up there too yeah she lived like right behind him yeah you guys I love Morrissey how about yeah. I got in a fight the guy I'm dating right now doesn't like Morrissey at a all this fight. You mean, you mean the guy you were dating? Cause <laughs> I know, I'm like, work? look, is you're, lucky, Cooper? you're lucky you're lucky you're really like, hot, buddy, because... <laughs> is it Anderson Cooper? Because that could seem like it would be the only thing that wouldn't be a deal breaker. You Look, <laughs> we got in a fight. 
We really did, which sounds, that's so absurd. How absurd is that? But we really did because, well, whatever. We don't like a lot of the same music anyway. He's amazing. He's an amazing guy. But yeah, I, I was like, we, I was watching a video for, the video for Senior Life. He's not, he's not very familiar. In his defense, he didn't grow up. He's not familiar with the Smiths. True. He didn't grow up. I had a friend once that told me that if you weren't into the Smiths in high school, you'll never get into them. Yeah. And I think that's fairly true. Yeah. I mean, I think that maybe later on you can It would be a weird midlife crisis if you got into it. Well, I think that you can appreciate the music or whatever, but I don't think that you, you're not going to be, you're not going to be like I am where you're just ball so obsessed if it wasn't there during your awkward teenage years. Right. Yeah, I play, I was playing the video for Senior Life and he was like not into this guy at all like well he's a really mathematically inclined he's like a music theory guy who mm. you know he wants verse chorus verse mm-hmm. he wants it's like it's like the rivers cuomo thing like didn't you say he figured out a mathematical I equation was working on that. yeah like i can write the perfect pop song because i figured out the it, equation yeah, right <laughs> then knock it out so he's more like that so he's like i don't it annoys me the way morrissey writes a song and i'm like oh <laughs> Yeah. I was like, wait, <laughs> like record now, see, scratch. I, I thought Rivers Cuomo had said that he could, f- that, that he was looking for that magic for me. I thought he said he had it. I thought he said that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't, I don't pay much attention to I'm not, yeah, I'm not a super huge all. Weezer fan. But I'm thinking. I wasn't after Pinkerton was, uh, I mean, after Pinkerton, Pinkerton great, but. Right. Yeah, nothing after Pinkerton. I, I think, though, um, I think if you could do that, why not do it just to prove you could? Yeah. I feel like Maybe he's, he's been trying and he's like, oh, yeah. no one likes this one. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't fall, I think Morrissey has to, if you're an adult, he's definitely an acquired taste if it's not something you've been into since you were a teenager. But I was like, maybe you shouldn't say that about the number one right. thing in my life that I love more than anything. <laughs> like, my number one guy. Yeah, I don't see, I don't see what you like about it. Yeah. Well, he's like, he seems like a cool, like, whatever. But he was also not into lyrics, too. And that's the thing. I'm like, as a lyricist, what? the dude is... How could he not like Morrissey's lyrics? Oh, no. He, he He's not... The guy I'm dating is not into lyrics. Like, he's like, I don't really care about lyrics when it comes oh, to music. I hate it when people say that's that. That's so weird. I, I mean, he's just I mean, into I'm sounds. Not, not he's weird. I'm just saying... No, that, it is weird. If, if, I guess if you're just totally into the music theory, the theory... Right, theory, right. So I was like, okay, well, I get that because... That's the number one, you know, Morrissey's lyrics are second to none, so... So what does he listen to, then? Like He listens to his favorite band is, like, Dr. Dog, and he's into, like... I thought you were going to say things like the Philip Beatles Glass or something. And, <laughs> no, 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 he's just into, you know, guitars <laughs> and sounds and harmonies. He's way into harmonies more so than lyrics, mm. and... So I was like, I'll give a damn about Morrissey's... Music, the- I don't care if it's a traditional, it's like though it's the way it makes me feel. Yeah, I don't care that it doesn't follow verse, chorus, verse, or he's not hitting all these notes or whatever. It's like it's more of a feeling to me. Well, I think that's also the whole getting into it when you're younger because you know, you're yeah, oh, yeah, adolescent. It, I definitely have so much tied to it that yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you know, there's also somebody out there listening to this uh podcast who's like, okay, so they're gonna bash on Twilight uh, as super sentimental. No, and- you're right, I'm a total hypocrite. I bash Twilight for being stupid. <laughs> but I no, I it's think, funny I that you say is, that. I think Morrissey is anything but stupid. But yeah, and, then, and another thing that annoys me though about people who, and I will say full on, I'm a hypocrite because Morrissey, anybody would associate Morrissey with like a 13 year old drama club right, girl right, who's right, a cutter, right. like of course. <laughs> but in doing so, I will say people overlook often like Morrissey's hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. he is hilarious, and people who don't pay attention. 
do associate him with like teenage goths or whatever. Yeah, yeah right, totally, right. totally. And he is, and I, he is, there are parts of him that are overly sentimental that would associate easily with that, but he's funny. Yeah. We'll bring it back. Twilight is just. <laughs> I, I want to go out on a limb. We're going to live in Bash Twilight. I wanted to ask if you were a member of that, uh, I, I haven't been on it in years, but there was this Morrissey mailing list that's insane. Um, I. It's, was it internet only, or was it... Yeah, was it was it like this name? email. I wanted, I don't know if it's the... I was very briefly. Where it was just the M kind of mailing list. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, the, hyphen, the brackets and the M. Yeah. Yeah, that thing is crazy. It, I was very briefly on it because it was so crazy. Mm-hmm. And I don't even go on forums. Like, I don't even go on Morsi solo forums. I don't identify a lot with other Morsi fans. Only because... Not that they're not great people, whatever... But a lot of people do not have a sense of humor about it at all. Absolutely correct. Yeah. And I don't... That's weird to me because not only is he funny, but, you know, when you... It's like what we're doing. Following around a grown man. We're all adults following around a grown man. <laughs> like, that's funny. There's yeah. no way that's not funny. There's no way you can't laugh at it. Right. The fact that I will stand in line and sleep overnight in line to be front row for this dude is funny. I'm weird. That's a weird <laughs> thing to do. The end. Like, and you can't... There's a lot of people who that's not funny to them. Yeah. Well, there's good crazy and bad crazy. I think. Let me right. tell you. Let me tell you bad crazy. Oh, and this no. is again, I, and I, this is all secondhand from my my partner, but she turned me on to, and I've not seen it or read it, but I've heard you you are aware of the genre of slash fiction. Slash yes. Fiction. Oh, Unfortunately. Yes. Now, are yes. you aware of? Morrissey Marr slaps fiction. I've not read Morrissey Marr, but I've read Morrissey and various bandmates. Now, are you aware of Morrissey Marr slash, slash fiction where one of them impregnates the other? Oh, holy God. Are you joking? This is a real thing. Can I just, can I just interject? Fuck you, internet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If that ever needed to be said, that is so... Yeah. This continuing soap opera saga where, much like in Henry and Glenn Forever, where they're domestic partners, it's it's Morrissey and Marr, um, but Henry and Glenn Forever is a series of comic strips that's all in good fun. Exactly. Whereas Morrissey and Marr, this is like... This, oh, it's like God. fantasy it's football work, it's, level of enthusiasm. Yeah, it's, it's people working stuff out. That, yeah, 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 seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. with issues. Well, oh, I've never, no, I've never read that. I've read brief snippets of fiction that I had seen online of like fan fiction of Morsi and his current band members, and I just, right. you know, I'd get to the sex parts and I'd be laughing so hard, and then I'd be like, was this so, what? No. no. Bad, bad, bad yeah. juju. Now, I can't understand fandom to that extent. No, I can't either. You, you I can't, cannot. cannot. Oh, Me yeah. neither. And that's, and you guys, I'm obsessed with Morrissey. Right, right. I listen to him every day. Right, right, right. I frame pictures all over my apartment. Like, I'm not trying to undersell it. Yeah. But when it get, I'm not to that. That is not... Yeah, well, there's a no. level of, there's a level of, like, you know, if you take it to liter- in literary terms, there's a level of pastiche where it's, I, I appreciate a good pastiche or a good parody. Sure, oh, sure. Know? Sure. But, but then there's that, that whole, like, fanfic is where it starts getting muddy, and then when you get into the slash fic, <laughs> no. That's insane. No. No. <laughs> no. Not to mention, look, and it's du- it's gross, weird, whatever, but 
even just on an artistic level, they all read like Danielle Steele novels. Right. That's right, why right, I couldn't right. even. I'm like, yeah, oh, this is shitty. gross and weird, but also dumb. This is shitty writing. Written, written. Well, written pornography is awful. Oh, well, exactly. Written amateur pornography. Oh, yeah. is, <laughs> is like next level is, shit. Is, like next level. Is, awful. is often next level awful. Yeah. Written fan. Obsessed, yeah. Like I said, working out a specific that, issue that like breaks all known barriers. Yeah, level. it's like yeah. wow. There's a bottom of the barrel. There's a bottom of the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. There's oh, the yeah. underside of the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, um, yeah. And to apologies. No, you know what? I'm not going to apologize anymore. As these slash fiction writers, you might. No, be why is somebody writing that Morrissey and Mar are doing it, and one of them is getting pregnant? Yeah. <sighs> no. Why would you? The only thing that could make it better is the baby was a vampire. <laughs> A time-traveling vampire. Oh, a time- oh. Werewolf. Half oh. werewolf, half vampire. We see Morrissey's a vampire. <laughs> Mars a werewolf. So they have a were-vamp-wolf. Yeah, a hybrid. Oh, vamp-wolf-pire. That really shreds on guitar. Oh. And writes great lyrics. Oh, why did anybody do that? And yeah. I feel like people who would do that don't even really like either of those people. Yeah. I was talking to my sister-in-law the other day, and um, um, this, this, this kind of dovetails in. There's a Venn diagram that most Google searches think I fit into. And usually, if, you know, because it, it involves, like, science fiction and stuff like that. But but I get furry results all Ugh. the time. Furries <laughs> are my favorite! All the time. And it's, it's, I, slash fiction, like, at least slash fiction is there so that furries are not at the bottom of the Right, bottom. right. That's true. But but um, steampunk is starting to get that way. People are writing, like... No, no, it just seems steampunk is starting to get... Like nerded out, like yeah. it used to be really cool, and now it's not anymore. This is what I was talking to my sister in law about, and and it's like I, I just have this feeling that everything that I like will eventually be ruined. Oh yeah, by some internet fringe group. Yeah, absolutely. Just, oh. I think that's true of all things. I think so too. Yeah, um, that's why a lot of TV series, you know, their creators are cognizant of that and try to end it before it gets to that point. Right, um, and a lot are. Yeah, ah. and so I banter break up. I, I think that's why yeah. Jeff Magnum stopped doing Neutral Milk Hotel. I think that's, uh, yeah, yeah, I think. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm hyper aware. Well, you know, I, I, why don't they pitch a show where it's going to be three seasons and boom, you're done. That's the thing that or, you know, English people do best. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Eastbound and Down 2 is another one where it's like, here's, it's a three-hour movie broken up into six episodes. And right. it's like, you know, if you like this, we'll do another three-hour movie broken into six episodes. Right. Yeah, you're right. You know, I think that's kind of where really full circle is a good. English yeah. people do that. I think they set out and say, like, The Office or whatever. Well, Linehan was talking about, Graham Linehan Glinner on Twitter was talking about writing the IT crowd. And I, I think he writes the whole series. Right, right. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have a... So they just have the whole thing in mind. Right. I so love a, that. A boiler room where he, every week, you know, you got to get, you know, 10 or 15 writers to knock out. What if his aunt comes to live with him? Right, right, right. Um, I mean, that just needs to happen. That just needs to happen more, because otherwise, I just, everything feels like I... I uh, the slash fix, slash fix <laughs> is just kind of taking something out of me now. I still can't. Yeah. I don't get it. Because I really feel like if you're somebody who writes... You can't be a true fan of like Morrissey, and 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 even go there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. Well, it's a, it's an odd no. It, it's 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 an odd leap from I really like this dude. He speaks to me. His lyrics are awesome. You know, I've never yeah. seen him. To like, you know, what would be nice? 
Yeah. What if? I'm going to write a super detailed story. I'm just spitballing here. Yeah. But impregnation. Yeah. Let's try that on for size. I'm going to write in, like, look. But like I said, it's got to be somebody working something very specific out. Yeah. But the fact that it finds an audience. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's well, we found my wife and uh, her for Morrissey friends. So morbid but, curiosity finds a lot of stuff. That, right. Right. Yeah. The and internet, that's what the internet's all about. The internet like I'm gonna get home killed. and Google Morrissey boning Mar, <laughs> and I'm gonna find this and it's gonna ruin my day. I already know it, but I'm gonna have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do it now. Uh, crap. You can subscribe to Shaky Town Radio on iTunes. Simply search for Shaky Town Radio. You can visit our constantly updated blog at shakytownradio.com. Our Facebook fan page link can be found there, or you can simply go to facebook.com slash shakytownradio. Our Twitter address is at shakytownradio. Our email address is shakytownradio at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail at 6666shake or 6666674253. That's the same number. The music on this episode is the Gravy Train song, Hella Nervous, from their Hello Doctor album on Kill Rock Stars. You can check them out at myspace.com slash gravy train band. Uh, AprilRichardson.com, right? That's right. Um, and then also I still do Breakfast with the Smiths every Sunday. Indy103.1.com. Exactly. At 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. So, but you can listen all over the world. Yeah, it's it's, it's on the, it's on the it's internet. It's on the internet. Yes. Any one of three point one on the internet. I've li- I listen to it more uh, now than I ever did as it. Not it yeah, Although me I did too. have, I do still have it on my speed setting in my car. So yeah. I get to the Mexican station every now and again when I flip the house. Ranchero music. I I got on my. So what else are you doing? You have any zines coming out? I don't. I should. The last you can still get a zine for me if you guys want to email me that me and Chip wrote uh during our trip to england i still have copies of that other than that i need to because i want to go to portland zine fest yeah in august because you're a zinester i am till i die so yeah i'll try to write one soon you know what the the official drink of of zine creator should be zima <laughs> we, got, we got to end on that that gem uh, um so anything else uh, AprilRichardson.com. um uh, and uh, we've been, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have it's you. It's been super fun. Yeah, well, thanks, great. you guys. Thank you very much. Uh, this has been the Shaky Town Radio Hour. I'm uh, Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. I'm going to go impregnate Johnny Marr now. I think you should. Thanks a lot. Good night. Good night.